The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. sacred space. God, we thank you for your presence in our lives, the ways that you show up big and small to guide us, to love us, and to express your love through us to one another. We pray that as we humble ourselves before you and come together this morning, that you would give us a fresh word uh, a glimmer of hope or even just space and time to breathe Lord we honor you we thank you and we worship you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray Amen
God, my God, wherever I go, glory. Where I reap and where I sow, glory. When my hand it grips the thorn, glory. In the still and in the storm, glory, glory. Oh, we labor unto glory till heaven and earth are one. Oh, we labor unto glory until God's kingdom come. The sun it shines and then goes down glory Rain it pours and beats the ground glory Dust it blows and ends my days glory My heart's blade burn beneath your gaze glory Curse the ground, glory. Trim the wick, ignite the flame, glory. My work, it will not be in vain, glory, glory.
Ecclesia, it was so good for my heart to be together with you at Evensong on Saturday night this past weekend. Uh, the highlight of the night was getting to celebrate baptisms with seven different members of our community. Um, it was a beautiful night. It was a joy to celebrate this particularly sacred uh, encounter for each of them, um, and then to celebrate it together with so many of you who are there uh, to celebrate with them. We want to show you a few pictures uh, of that beautiful time uh, as we all continue to celebrate the movement of Jesus in our lives and in the lives of our community. Uh, thanks again for sharing the journey with us. Ecclesia, even in this challenging season, we continue to be committed to the work that God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring we especially for our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, we long to love you and one another as you love us. Fill us with your continued worship and gratitude and sustain us in uncertain times. Help our thoughts to be holy and our hearts to remain generous as you free us from all anxiety and of scarcity. We seek each day to place our renewed trust in you, reminded that even the seeming desert, your banquet table is set for feasting. Through this humble offering of our family, and in all things, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hello, Ecclesia family. Good to see you be with you this morning. My name is Wayne Brown, one of the campus pastors here, and wanted to give you a few updates on some things that are going on. And first, I just wanted to express my own gratitude of how amazing it was to see so many of you in person at our most recent Evensong that we got to do last weekend at our location at 1100 Elder Street. Uh, to get to be together and pray over families and teachers and students as they're going back to school, to be able to participate in baptism and see that happen was an absolute gift and it was amazing to see you in person and some of you to see you in person for the first time because we've only been interacting on zoom and remotely up until this point uh, it was definitely a refresher for my soul and i just want to say thank you to each of you who came out and our amazing staff who worked so tirelessly uh, and we're so committed to to making that a safe fantastic event. We want to let you know that we're working hard to create more times for us to gather in the month of October. And we're looking at creating a new type of experience that we're calling Sacred Prayer Encounter that will be on October 10th at our West Side location. We're gonna to try to take advantage of the amazing space that we have over there and create some more contemplative experiences that you can go through in a guided way with your family or by yourself. Uh, it's not very interactive, but it's deeply contemplative and just takes advantage of the beauty in that space that we have there. And then the next is we're looking to do another even song back here at 1100 Elder on Saturday, October 24th. We would love to have the chance to be together, to sing, to pray, and um, to just be together again. So you can go ahead and register for those now, and you can find that on our webpage. If you go to ecclesiahouston.org, you can find it right there on the main page, and you can sign up to come to some in-person events on campus.
Next, I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our amazing staff team and all of our amazing volunteers who stepped up to allow us to partner for the past two weeks with Westlake Baptist Church in Louisiana and those who have been affected uh, by Hurricane Laura. We've been over there doing some amazing work providing meals for people. And this past Sunday, uh, we were able to provide 1,300 plates of fried fish, which is just astounding. Uh, and so a big shout out and a thank you to all of the volunteers, all of our staff, and in particular, our own Asher Castillo, who really stepped up and let out in a really big way to make sure that could happen. As you can imagine, that kind of partnership and had a huge positive impact on the people in Westlake. And they're, the pastor there at Westlake Baptist Church just wanted to take a few moments to thank you in person. And so I would love for you guys to get to hear from him for a little bit about the difference we were able to make in their community. Hey, Ecclesia. My name is David Brewer, and I am the lead pastor here at First Baptist Church Westlake. And I want to thank you so much for coming out here and helping us, uh, working alongside of us. That's one of the things that, that I've been so grateful for, is our people, um, you know, once we came back, we just went running, uh, but then we eventually we got tired. Uh, that's just what happens. But you guys came alongside of us, and about the time that we were running out of steam you guys came alongside and have been running with us step by step and i'm so grateful it has been such a blessing to see the ecclesia behaving like the ecclesia of the of the new testament so thank you again for all that you're doing and and god bless so as you can see we were able to do something really remarkable and make a big impact and if you went thank you for that if you just gave thank you for that because none of it would have happened if we hadn't pooled our resources and come together in that way we were able to raise over $62,000 to go specifically to relief efforts. And it's because we have such a beautiful and generous community that's able to pool our resources together that we get to do those kinds of things. And while we're doing that, we're also continuing to find ways to partner with restaurants here in Houston so that we can feed our homeless brothers and sisters. We're still partnering with people all across the world to feed people and, and provide support. Uh, in times of need, and that's because we're able to, to we're able to do that because of your generosity. So, if you'd like to participate in that, you can do so, and you can do it by just sending a text message. All you have to do is text the amount you want to donate to eight four three two one, and you can participate in that as well. Again, Ecclesia, we're blown away by you. You're an amazing community. Thanks for your continued generosity. And now, I just want to invite you to take a moment, take a deep breath. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to prepare our hearts uh, because our dear brother and teaching pastor, Sean Palmer, has a message for us today from God's Word, and I'm so excited that he's going to share that today. Thanks a bunch, Ecclesia. God bless. Good morning, Ecclesia. It's great to be with you again. Um, I've had this really incredible experience over the last five or six weeks. And that's that I've been sleeping. And if you don't know me very well, you probably wouldn't know that I don't sleep a lot. As a matter of fact, my really good friends, when they wanna check on me, one of the questions that they'll ask is how are you sleeping? Because I don't sleep typically more than about four hours every night. A friend of mine recently messaged me about a book that she was trying to write and she goes, I think, 
I can't do this. I just need more sleep than you do. And it's not that I don't need sleep. It's just that I don't often sleep, at least through the night. But here's what's happened. Uh, about five weeks ago, my wife, Rochelle, had surgery on her shoulder and she had this enormous sling that she had to wear and she had to wear it 24 hours a day. She could only take it off to do things like shower. But what that meant was that she had to sleep sitting up. Well, that meant she had to sleep upstairs in our loft on a couch that we have up there. And because she would need things in the middle of the night, because she might need to be rearranged a little bit or to take some meds, um, I stayed up there with her. So I just decided that I would sleep on the other end of this sectional. And lo and behold, I've slept. I've slept through the night, like every night since we've been up there. And I thought, well, maybe the deal is that I just don't sleep well in our bed. I just need to get a new bed. But I realized like in the last year, we've had a new bed and I didn't sleep well in the one before that. And I don't sleep well in this one either. But I've really enjoyed sleeping. But I know why I don't sleep when I don't sleep. Because I'm a worrier. Like it's in the middle of the night that all of the things that I didn't get done, all of the things that will have to eventually be done, all of the things that I'm going to have to take care of, those are the times where all of that just comes flooding into me. And I start to strategize and think about what I need to do, what I have to do. And I know that I'm not alone in that. Some of you sleep through the night, but you're worriers, just like I'm a worrier. People worry about different things. And when I think about all of the worrying I do, I stumble across a problem. And that problem is Jesus. And I'll come back to that in a minute. Jesus in the scriptures does a lot of teaching. He's always teaching, he's always demonstrating and trying to illustrate what the kingdom of God is and what the kingdom of God looks like. And one of his most famous teachings ever is this long discourse called the Sermon on the Mount. And we don't know that it was all one long sermon or it was bits of pieces of things that Jesus had said before that someone later came and kind of clumped all together. But this is one of the hallmark teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and he begins talking about the good life. The Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's all about the good life. And the odds are that you've been lied to, I've been lied to about what the good life is. Because we live where we do and when we do, advertisers are always trying to sell us on the good life. And you would have the good life if you had more money or a bigger house. You'd have the good life if you drove a nicer car. The one thing that Americans can all seemingly agree on is that the good life is just having the same things that we have now, just better versions of them. Better, 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 better. That's the good life. When Jesus starts talking about the good life, he doesn't mention 
any of that stuff. When Jesus starts talking about the good life, he starts talking about peacemakers and the meek, about people who thirst for righteousness. That sounds really odd to us. But in that same sermon, he starts talking about the good life in ways that religious people, man, we really believe in. We can soak that stuff up. Jesus starts talking and we get our notebook. He said, do not, do not murder. Oh yeah, I'm good with that. Do not commit adultery. Good, Jesus, got you. Do not steal. I'm on it. Love everybody. A little bit harder, but Jesus, I get where you're going. All of these things that we just kind of wrap our arms around as we know from our own experience and from the experience of other people are really great, beautiful, and good things. And then in Matthew 6, he gets to this strange teaching. And listen to the way he starts it. He said, here's the bottom line. Do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about how you clothe your body. Living is about more than merely eating and the body is about more than dressing up. Look at the birds in the sky. They do not store up food for winter. They don't plant gardens. They do not sow or reap. And yet they are always fed because your heavenly father feeds them. And you are even more precious to him than a beautiful bird. If he looks after them, of course he will look after you. And then he drops this one. Worrying does not do any good. Who here can claim to add even an hour to his life by worrying? When I read that, I just assume that Jesus hasn't watched the news. Like Jesus, do you know that there are millions of people who have filed unemployment? Jesus, don't you know, like we are in the middle of a global pandemic and it doesn't seem like we can get a whole lot further down the road with any of this. In some places it feels like we're just at the very beginning. Jesus, do you not realize that there are people who are sick, displaced, hurting? I realized something recently. One of the reasons that I worry is because I care about people. And I care about our homeless brothers and sisters on the street. And I care about people who have lost their homes, who have lost everything to hurricanes. I care about people who are refugees. I worry about those things. One of the strange blessings in my life while we have been in the quarantine is that there have been a lot of local municipalities who have called me to help them with specific situations. Usually it's a city around the state of Texas who is experiencing something around racial division or racial healing that they want me to speak into to come and bring a particular perspective. And so this last week I was on the phone with a city mayor here in Texas. And it wasn't too terribly long ago that they had an officer involved shooting. 
and it has caused an incredible uproar in their community. One side of the community sees it this way, another sees it this way, and, and he wants to know how it is that he can bring those sides together, what needs to happen for unity and to move forward. He wants to know what it is that he doesn't see. He wants to know what it is that he sees that other people don't see. And so he called me to help them form a process and a language around all of that, around next steps and getting the right people in the room. Like Jesus, are you saying that he shouldn't worry about that? Are you saying that we shouldn't worry when our finances go down the toilet? We shouldn't worry when our relationships are a wreck? Well, I have this process that whenever Jesus says something that I don't get, I just keep reading. And so the Lord continues, he says, nor should you worry about your clothes. Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They do not work or weave or sew, and yet their garments are stunning. Even King Solomon dressed in his most regal garb was not as lovely as these lilies. And think about grassy fields. The grasses are here now, but they will be dead in the winter and yet God adorns them so radiantly, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. So do not consume yourselves with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. So I hear Jesus, I hear almost everything I need to hear. Because he looks at all of these people that he dearly loves. And he says to them, do you think God doesn't know? Do you think God doesn't know about your struggles in your relationships, in your business? You think God doesn't know what's happening with your children? Does God not know what's happening in the community and in the world? Those are important things. Jesus never says those aren't important things. He just says this, all of the things you're worried about, if you seek the kingdom, those will be added to you. 
And we live in a world, we live in a culture that says the way to get to a good life is by grasping, go out and get it, go out and earn it. And Jesus says, I'll add it to you because I know. And what's profound about this little question of who, who by worrying can add a minute to their life is that Jesus is talking about ultimates. Because if you could do anything, if your worrying could control anything, you would want to control how long you lived. Jesus says, you're not in control. And there's only an illusion of control. And I actually care more about you than you care about you. And then he says, living faithfully is a task enough for today. And so church, if there's anything that I could give you, it would be this simple gift. That as the world swarms around all of us and we are living in very confusing and hard times, that your task today, my task today, isn't to try to control all of the spinning plates. It's just to live faithfully. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his friends around him, knowing what had to happen, knowing what he was going to go through, but trusting that God would give him everything that he needed. Let me pray for you. Creator God, we know that worrying serves no purpose for us and yet we are inclined to do it. So we would ask that you free us from that spirit, that we would give our lives over to you, knowing that ultimately you are the one guiding and leading and sheltering us. And we ask for this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Ecclesia. This is the time in our gathering where we come together to celebrate what in some traditions is known as the Lord's Supper and in other traditions is known as communion. It's a time for us to remember and to reflect. On that night that Jesus gathered his disciples together in the upper room, they were to celebrate the Passover meal. Every Hebrew family would gather together and they would remember how God delivered them from slavery and bondage in, in Egypt and they would reflect on their own personal life as well. When Jesus gathered his disciples together, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Then he took the cup and he blessed the cup. And he said, this is the cup of my blood, the cup of the new covenant. It is shed for the forgiveness of sins. So today we remember what Jesus has done for us. As a point of our reflection, would you join me as we pray this prayer? 
Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comfort of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if our well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. Rock of ages When the day seems long From this labor and this heartache I have come The skies will wear out But you remain the same Rock of ages I praise your name Rock of ages, you have brought me near. You have poured out your lifeblood, your love, and your tears to make this stone heart come alive again. Rock of ages, forgive my sin. Desperate need for such a Savior, I confess. Oh, pull these idols out from my heart's embrace. Rock of ages, I need your Your will be done. 
rock of ages Broken scorn for me Who am I that you would die to make me free To give me glory You took the death and pain Rock of ages, my offering My name is Shelby Edmondson and I'm a member here and one of our kids volunteers and I have the pleasure of sharing the children's story this morning so I hope that you kiddos will come and join me there. Um, now is the time of our service where we will pray over our kids. Um, I'm thinking of each of you guys that I've had the, the pleasure of getting to know and serve um, in my years as a kids volunteer. So will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful that you are kind. You shower us with blessings and love, even when we don't deserve it. We ask you to give us the desire to be kind to others. And we ask that you would help us see the importance of being kind to everyone we meet. We love you. Amen. Hey, Ecclesia, this is Pastor Mike, and we've been so grateful as a team for so many kind words that have come in about these various prayers in our online services. And I would love to invite you uh, into this work together, especially as we head through this fall season and into Advent, as we together seek to discern how the, the Spirit is directing us in these liturgies of practice and of contemplation. And if you uh, would like to know more about how you can be involved, perhaps that's sending in uh, invocation, benediction, prayers of your own, or helping me craft those liturgies, especially into the Advent season, you can contact me at mike at ecclesiahouston.org. Uh, and our benediction today is a reminder, an important reminder, uh, in light of this week from Galatians 5, which reminds us the Holy Spirit produces a different kind of fruit unconditional love, joy, peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You won't find any law opposed to fruit like this. And so, Ecclesia, may love be your guiding constant, as you have first been loved, finding joy in the countless blessings to behold even in this time of such trial discovering a peace to center and sustain you through the ongoing storm, patience to endure the seemingly glacial progress toward healing, holding kindness in your heart in the face of division and difference, gentleness with your own body and soul, and with all of those who need to be met with delicate care. 
and faithful trust that God continues to order our steps. And always the self-control never to meet evil for evil, but to overcome it with good. Because the truth is that the only supreme above all in authority and power is God, the same God who made you, who knows you, who loves you. And so blessed be the fruit you bear in the name of God. Go now and always to love and serve the true and living one, Father, Son, and Spirit. And love your neighbor as yourself, Ecclesia, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.